where's Barb? She said she'd meet me here. Oh, this is too sad. Hey, look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Philosian and Tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Brad! <gasps> <gasps> uh, what? Uh, c- computer end program? Welcome to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am Mike, one of your co-hosts, and with me today is Johnson, my co-host. How are you? Hi, Mike. How's it going? Good. It is um, midweek, and uh, we're in September. Yeah. How's your energy level today? Mine's like Uh, wavering around the middle. Oh, is it wavering around the middle? Well, I just ate, so... I'm not oh, angry, but yeah. now I'm kind of now I kind of have food coma. So you know, oh, it's okay. either I'm hungry and upset, or I'm full and tired. So you know, there's so there's really no good compromise, honestly. So you're somewhere in the middle right now. Yeah, at least I'm content, which is really important. Okay, well that's good. I am. Uh, I've got a good amount of energy because it's been two weeks since we've recorded a podcast. I mean, I guess it's not like my energy. I'm not like an energy camel. It's not like my energy reserves have been full because we haven't recorded a podcast. But sure, I believe you. No, I mean it's you know we have a lot to cover, and uh, also uh, so much shit to cover. Also, like last lot. week, last week we uh, we launched. That is correct. I mean, I don't know what time means anymore, and what time means to our listeners because they're going to be listening to this in the future. But that is correct. And it was exciting. Yeah, it was, it was moderately exciting. exciting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we hope you're uh, here for the duration uh, as we kind of catch up and talk about things that have happened for the last couple of weeks. We have a lot to cover. A lot happened. You went on vacation. I have like four new shows I'm watching. It's a lot. Yeah, you, you went and saw your parents and apparently spent the entire weekend watching TV. I did, because there's nothing else to do there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that, you know. There's, yeah. you know. But yes, yeah, so you binged like three series while you I were there. I did, it was great. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I regret nothing. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. So a lot's happened in the world of Star Trek over the last couple of weeks. Uh Johnson, what did you Star Trek? Yeah, so I've been catching up on Enterprise still, just in terms of TV watching and binging. So now I'm in season three. This is a season-long journey into the expanse where they're trying to find the Zindi. Right. And they're trying to figure out, you know, where they are so they can stop them from launching their weapon. And then you have the spear builders because there's a temporal cold war, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I do think there are a few good gems this season. So I am looking forward to that. And again, I'm watching Enterprise for the first time in at least 720p widescreen. So yay. You know, so that's what that's where I am so far with Star Trek Enterprise. 
And I also, I mentioned this to you separately, I also started to read the Millennium series, the DC yeah. trilogy. That which I've a- heard a lot about, but I've never read. So I'm kind of excited. I'm only at the beginning of the first book. So it's a little bit slow right now. There's like mystery building, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I think it's going to pick up quickly. Yeah. I mean, that's a class, like one of my favorite series, book series of, of all of actually of all of Star Trek. Whoa. And you've read yeah. like so many. Yeah. No, the Millennium, uh, you know, there were a couple of reasons why that was, I mean, one, because I loved DS9 and I'm pretty sure it came out after DS9 that concluded, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. It's after yeah. um, the finale. Yeah. So you know, I definitely was missing Deep Space Nine. And um, also, oh, from what I remember, I was also starting to get into the ebooks uh, back then, which um, this I'm pretty sure I read on ebooks, which mm-hmm. means I read them on my, I think it was a trio at the time. But oh my God, we're so uh, old. Yeah, Palm Reader um, oh my version. God. So um, I read it while I was commuting. So yeah, but it's good memories and and great story. And uh, I mean, we both love DS9. So mm-hmm. um, great. Well, we can't. I can't wait to hear what you think about that. Um, yeah, you know, ho- I'm hoping to stick with it because the past two book series that I started, I kind of just dropped like dropped it like it's hot. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, there's only three books. The thing about the Shatnerverse series is that it's like ten books. So right. I was like, all right. These are these are big books though. These aren't like your normal like 250 page pocket books. These were actually like kind of the bigger books, you know. Oh, I, yeah, okay. pretty sure cuz I mean I think eventually I probably picked them up physically or, or I saw them at a bookstore at least and they're they're bigger and smaller writing in physical form. So Oh. Yeah, okay. so these are right. these are not your 250 page pocket books, you know yeah from, yeah from the 80s and 90s so yes cool so i will report back to you and to our listeners as i go through the book series sounds good um, what about you mike well you know I, I was on vacation so i didn't really get to a whole lot of um star trek but my word there was a lot of news and there was a um, lot of news uh you know star trek day happened while i was on vacation actually while i was driving so much happened between our last recording and this recording it's so crazy anyway continue. yeah yeah so star trek day but i'm actually gonna not start with star trek day because i really haven't watched a lot of the panels and there wasn't a ton of news out of there other than a few trailers um which we will get to but i think the big story that i want to start talking about is uh they announced some new additions to the cast of Discovery for season three. And it's pretty exciting for two, for the two of us. And I think for our audience, you know, for a lot of our audience as well. Yes, right? it is specifically very relevant to this podcast. <laughs> very relevant, right? Yes. So it's pretty, uh, pretty exciting to see them hire a non-binary and transgender actors to play non-binary and transgender roles yes uh, in star trek so one um that's really awesome one because it, representation matters um and actually one is also uh so ian who is transgender mm-hmm. um, and they use the pronouns they them and and also he him so yes kind of uh 
he seems to be um, more flexible with the pronouns. Mm -hmm. um, so he's playing a trill, one of my favorite races. I mean, I'm a huge Jadzia Dax fan. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited to, to see what um, Gray is going to be like. And then Blue Del Barrio plays Adira, which we don't really know too much about the character. Um, but uh, they are a non-binary character. And yeah. uh, so these are great additions to already a very diverse cast in Discovery, which is awesome. Uh, I'm excited to see what, what they do with these characters, really. Uh, yeah, and I think it's about time. You know, I think that Discovery Season 1 did a good job introducing us to Culbert and Stamets and their relationship. But I mentioned this to you separately. I do think that Star Trek has been a little bit behind the times when it comes to representation, particularly since, you know, we have like, what, it's like a 18-year, 17-year gap between... I might, my math might be wrong. The end of Enterprise and then the beginning of Discovery. So just in that time frame, so much has happened in the entertainment world where by the time Discovery season one came along, you know, like it's, it's a little bit like, okay, like, sure, this is good. It's, it's great, but it's a little bit, you know, like whatever in some ways because there's been so much at least same-sex representation right. from uh, same-sex couple, but also cisgender kind of perspective. Yeah. That it's not that extraordinary or original. And then the only other, I think the only other mention um, when it comes to LGBT representation between the two series would be the really quick shot of Sulu, um, I think, in... Beyond, was Beyond. it? Beyond, yeah. Uh, yeah, you Beyond, he, yeah. Had a, he had a husband or a partner. Right. And that, yeah. but that was almost like throwaway. It was like, it was like literally like 10 seconds or something. Right. And, and that yeah. was also very controversial for a number of reasons. Um, you know, they, they felt like that was kind of thrown in. There was some, you know, even, yeah, there was a lot of controversy around it. I, yeah, I don't think was, we need to get into that. I think. No. I, it's, you know, so anyway, I do think that Star Trek for, at, for what it is and how, much it has pushed the boundaries in the past. I think, honestly, I think in the TNG and onward era, it really hasn't really, it hasn't really pushed the representation aspect when it comes to the LGBTQIA plus arena. So I do think that this puts Star Trek a little bit more on the forefront because there really isn't that much representation when it comes to folks who are non-binary or folks who are transgender. So I right. do think it's great. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. Like, I totally agree with everything you said. Star Trek has not been really cutting edge. And now we're kind of, we're back to a place where we are cutting edge, kind of like they were in the 60s with the original series and having a black woman, her on the bridge, you right. know. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think that this is really exciting. Uh, I think this, this, uh, this really brings up a great point about representation. And, and I love that the characters that they're playing are representative of who they are. Because yeah, there's been like a lot too. of, 
There's been a lot. Is of that like a straight person that's playing a gay person, which exactly. happens all the time? Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So you know that's really exciting to see, and and uh, yeah, hopefully that kind of spills over into hopefully this kind of diversity, which I think it will, will spill over into Strange New Worlds, and also you know the Section Thirty One series and whatever else uh, is coming down the the pike for um, for other series that maybe might come about at some yeah. future point so i am very curious as to how they are going to present the characters in terms of just revealing that you know one character is non-binary non-binary and one is transgender considering that they're going to be in the 32nd century so in some ways i feel that you know like the nice thing about how they showed Samus and Culber is that it was very natural, right? They didn't have to be like, I'm gay, you know? Like, it was just like you saw them together. Even at first, it wasn't, you didn't quite know what the nature of the relationship were, but then you saw that they were like, you know, brushing our teeth together, they lived together. So exactly. it kind of just, it spoke for itself, you know what I mean? Whereas someone who is non-binary or someone who is transgender, it's not so obvious. Right. And I think there needs to be some sort of reveal or some sort of discussion about it. But at the same time, given that it is in the 32nd century, I wonder what the kind of conversation looks like. And I think that coming out in a thousand years, is be, it's going to be very different than what coming out is like now. And in some ways, I mean, in theory, it's not a big deal, right? Like that's why I think it should be by that right. time. Well, but, it's interesting too that it's a trill. So trills... Mm -hmm can be, you know, trill hosts can be different sexes. I, I mean, so the, the symbiote, symbiote right. um, can be put into a male and female. And that was very evident, you know, right from when we really got into it in Deep Space Nine with Herzon mm -hmm. and, and Jazia. So um, this, this whole transgender piece of, of a trill is going to be very interesting because I don't know. And I, and I'm a, and I think I read that they are they are not a joined character yet. They want not to yet. Be, yeah, they they, want to they be. desire to be. But so this will be really interesting. And then uh, yeah, the the non-binary character Adira um, going to be really interesting to see what kind of character development they give them. And um, and we're trying to you know I think one of the things that this is going to help us really practice and and talk about is uh, pronouns. Pronoun right? use. Yeah. Which, I'll be honest, sometimes I slip up. I'll be, you know, I'll be totally frank about that. You know, I've lived my, my in terms of my existence in terms of pronoun use. It's, it's very, honestly, it's very like heteronormative and traditional in that way. So I've definitely, I'll be honest, I've definitely slipped up here and there. It's something that I had to learn. And I'll be, I'm interested to see how they, reveal that in the show and how they address it and how natural it is. Because the thing about Star Trek, especially when it comes to gender, and I see this a lot in Enterprise, to be honest, is that it has taken a very traditional heteronormative approach when it comes to gender and referring to gender. Even when you're talking about Jadzia um, and her previous hosts, it's very like male, female, you know, like, and sometimes it's uncomfortable because you know a previous gen a previous host is a different sex and it causes like confusion and there are a few episodes that touch on that but it has been very black and white when it comes to 
you know, comes to the nature of gender. So I do think it will be interesting to see how they deal with that in this season of Discovery. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we, when you read that, you texted me and it was, I hadn't seen it yet. And it was really exciting news. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, to see that. And um, I think that that makes this next season stand out even more, Um, which kind of leads us into, I think, very, very smoothly into the Discovery trailer that was released last week. Uh, And, you know, we're in the year 3188 now. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we've got a year. We're in the 32nd century. The Federation has fallen, it appears, due to something. Or like called- it's like a shadow of its former self or something like right. that. Right. Um, so the, uh, there's this thing that they call the burn that happened. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of questions about this. In fact, I just read an article today before uh, before we started recording on um there's some int- and watch rewatching voyager is what i'm doing i mean i'm picking and choosing i'm not watching every episode and and i've completed season four so mm-hmm. um so the the episodes that they talked on they think that this might be tied to something that might be tied to the omega directive oh yeah no i i read that on was it trek horror or trek movie or something yeah that something like that yeah that would be interesting um, if they tie into that. Yeah, so um, there's that uh, whole piece. They think that maybe an Omega explosion killed all of subspace. Um, so, so warp drive is not warp, possible. Warp drive is no longer possible. And uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. And obviously... That is just, by the way, everyone, that is just rumor is not a teaser. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's not, not spoiler, at all. Rather, it's just a rumor. Right, so, yeah, this is all... conjecture. Just, yep pure conjecture because obviously all we have is the trailer to go by um and uh, you know i i think a couple of things that stand out for me in the trailer is that the discovery crash lands on a planet yeah that was a cool visual yeah uh kind of frightening too um to see it kind of in the ground Mm -hmm. and uh the warp nacelle kind of flashing um and then also you know there's obviously even when they even way before this they they teased and have shown some scenes or shown some cuts of uh meeting the federation meeting someone trying to resurrect the federation so this is uh, apparently Sonequa martin green doesn't meet up with the rest of the discovery crew for a couple of episodes but she does meet what appears to be the president of the feder current federation no it's it's like so it to me a member from the first trailer you see this person. It looks like some rando in a bunker. Yes, that's true. Yeah, he was in a bunker, but he has the yeah. Federation flag down there. Yeah. I don't know who is this uh, rando? So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we don't know who that is. I, I'm, I, again, I'm, I assume that that was the Federation president. Maybe it's not. It's, who knows? Um, and also, the other thing, obviously, like, and there's been some talk about this, although I can't really get a good view of it. I've seen it in a couple of parts of it is the new badge that they're wearing, uh, specifically um, Saru wearing it, sitting in the command seat, which makes me think that maybe Saru becomes the captain. Um, again, pure speculation. Uh, but I also see um, Sinequa Martin-Green wearing it in a scene as well. So More uh, merchandise for you to buy. There we go. And I, <laughs> 
I mean, I already know our friends at Fansets are probably working on I'm this. I'm sure they're game. working on it, and you're going to be yeah. first in line. Uh, I, I don't know. This There's a lot of people on this network who uh, love Fansets even more than I do. So, but That's yes. true. Bill and Dan, they are really into the paraphernalia, as I like to call it. Yes. Uh, they, yeah. they, love, they love the truck merchandise. Uh, I still have to work on my uh, display case. I need to take it apart and make some edits because I can't uh, help you. No. Um, Absolutely but not. uh but my 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 collection is modest and small. Um and Wait, what about the uh Lego set that you got? Oh Did yeah. Yet? Uh, I'm uh halfway well I'm two bags in. It's a nice solid what is it supposed well, to be again? So this is not Star Trek related. This is oh, Star Wars. Star Wars, yes. I was like, there's so, a stormtrooper on it. Yes. Uh, I know our listeners can't see, but no, I'm they describing. can't. I, I can't. It's a thing. I can't yes. describe so it. So it's, it's, it's the Razor Crest from The Mandalorian, which is The Mandalorian's ship uh, in that series. So Oh, season two, the trailer just dropped. That that's too. off topic. Yeah, right. that's off topic. We'll we'll get to that in a little bit. So what did you any other thoughts on the the trailer for Discovery season three? I mean, it was not it didn't give us too much more than season the the when the first trailer that we saw. Right. We got a little bit more of Book and his cat, which you know I'm a big fan of the cat. It's very you fluffy. are a big fan. Okay. I mean it's so fluffy. It's a main coon. For it those of you that coon. are curious, it's really big. It, he wears it like, Book wears it like it's like a scarf. And I'm like, ooh, if I w- ever got a cat, I want to wear a cat like that. That's perfect. Um, so you saw a few tidbits here and there. I think there was a short BTS piece on StarTrek.com about the cat, which I was really into. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I did watch so, that, so I did know sure. about the cat. I actually didn't pick it up in the trailer. The first time, and yeah, he's wearing this cat like, you know, it's it's basically like a it's protecting his neck. It's like a can of goose hood, except it's a cat on his neck. There we go. So, um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, no, I, I think that you covered most of it. I think that Sonequa Martin Green sometimes overacts a little bit for me. I think that she's a good actress, but sometimes I think she overdoes it in terms of the drama. And I like drama once in a while. I think that sometimes she just like goes a little bit dramatic in terms of her reactions. Sometimes she's, I feel that she's like, you know, on a soapbox, kind of like, you know, everything's a lecture. I don't know. It's just, I think it's a, it's a way that she talks. And I think that she has a theater background. So I don't know if part of it is because of the way that she articulates her words or how she speaks. Um, but it, sometimes it feels very stiff. Like, I don't know. That's just something that I noticed in the new trailer. And I was just like, I feel she needs to like loosen up a little bit. Um, obviously, this is the third season of the character. So I feel that she's comfortable with who she is as character. But I don't know. That's just something I really did notice in this particular trailer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. One of the things that you don't see her with a lot of the cast, right? So it's, it seems like the crew, well, obviously the crew and her are separated for a while. And mm-hmm. um, because it looks like when, she, when they first get to the 32nd century, she has short hair. And then all of a sudden, we, there's a still that they use quite often of her on the bridge with really long, hair. Like braids. Yeah, yeah, braids. So, 
Um, so it sounds like some time passes, some significant time to, to grow that much hair. But um, yeah, I think in the first teaser, you see that she has a lot of different haircuts, actually. Like yeah. she's in a shuttle or something. And you don't know why she's there, but she goes through like several, there's a montage of different hairstyles, which is, you know, so it's like yeah. what's happening. Right, yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Also, since she's separated from the crew, you kind of, you, yeah, she does kind of seem, I don't know if she seems more dramatic other than in this trailer, you see her screaming yes when the she registers other life signs. So she knows mm -hmm. that the crew of Discovery made it through the wormhole, whatever it was, that they created to uh, get to the 32nd century. Um, and she's obviously she knows that the crew is alive, which is great, but there's uh, some separation between the two of them. And, you know, it doesn't, there is one shot of the crew hugging all in engineering. Don't know what that's about yet, but. Um, no, no. But yeah, it looks exciting. Context, so we don't know. Right, exactly. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to see. Uh, but it, it, I'm excited. I obviously we have been waiting forever. It seems like for season three, um, you know, coronavirus, COVID nineteen, mm -hmm. uh, obviously tilted the world upside down, and it still is six months later. But um, here we are, uh, finally getting in a month. Actually, I think in exactly one month. Um, season three yeah they just posted like a one month countdown piece yesterday so yeah it's a month so away. that's exciting yeah so coming soon and and that's exciting so we'll have new discovery to get us through the dark times through another year yes so cool um what else happened did it you know so there was a oh so there was this other story about uh, a cameo from a next generation character that we all oh, know right. and love uh so john delancey is reprising q he's going to yeah. visit the cerritos um but apparently it's supposed to be a very quick cameo yeah yeah but i'm like but if you get john delancey to kind of do a cameo i feel like it needs to amount to something, but we'll see. Well, I mean, it's a 25 minute cartoon, you know. So I understand. You know, it's yes. a slightly different um, take on it. But yeah, and, and apparently, um, because I also listened to the new official Star Trek podcast, The Pod Directive, um, which came out on Monday, um, apparently they, you know, they wrapped on the voices, they wrapped uh, a long time ago last year and in fact the podcast that they're now launching was also recorded last year so oh really yeah so, oh wow uh, it's uh it's been a while so it's i mean busy. it took us five months to launch a podcast i mean i guess that's true <laughs> you know when you're cbs uh i don't think it should take if you want to do a podcast i don't know why it's taking so long to do that but anyway that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I thought that was interesting to, to listen to Tani Newsom. And uh, her. I can't remember the guy who's co-hosting it with, with her, but uh, a friend of hers, um, who apparently is uh, going to be in an episode in uh, uh, of Lower Decks in season two as a voice. So, hmm. um, but, uh, and, and you know what, uh, I do like the context of the new podcast. One, I, I do love Tani Newsom. I think she's great as Mariner. 
but I, she's also got a great energetic voice. And I like mm-hmm. the take that they're, they're talking with famous people who are, happen to be Star Trek fans. So, Oh, cool. I should probably uh, listen to it. I know yeah. it came out. I just haven't subscribed yet. Yeah. I mean, Ben Stiller was the first one and it was a interesting nerdy conversation, not unlike ones that you and I have or had before we started recording them for the podcast. But, um, so it's just kind of that it's not really, it's not, uh, you know, it's not informational. It's purely entertainment. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all that I can think of. I, I have not had time to watch any of the panels. Uh, so I really don't know what yeah, else. Yeah, I'm not a panel person. I, I just don't have time. Just give me like the TLDR version. Right. You know, show me yeah. the trailer. Give me the major news items. I don't need to watch 60 minutes of people talking. Right. Well, uh, and I don't know. There was a Deep Space Nine one, which I may actually view. Which... There was an Enterprise one. They, they had one oh, for every show. Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, again, I was uh, on vacation. I did not have time to, to view or listen to any of that. So um, if, if, if our listeners did watch any of that and did hear any great tidbits, Please let us know. Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to hear if there were like any awkward moments, you know. Because sometimes these panels, especially over Zoom, I think once in a while it's like a little awkward. You need a really good moderator. I mean, I think will we will we? I think will we all of them, right? Uh, several of them, if not all of them. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. So hopefully yeah. not. But yeah, and he's also a fan, so he's also. But he's also really good about, you know, bringing in the geeky nature of it all and making mm-hmm. it making us feel at home. Um, the my problem with it is that they are heavily edited. Um, usually just like the panels were for San Diego, uh, San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, there isn't it's yeah you know what are you what are you leaving on the cutting room floor that you you know <laughs> probably all the awkward moments yeah may, maybe the awkward moments but uh you know still so um that's my only problem with those panels is that you can do a panel on zoom without having to make it heavily edited and make it seem all you know i'd, I'd rather i'd rather see more realness from from these people than uh, an edited down version but yeah Anyway, so that's anyway. Uh, that's pretty much all that you know. You and I have Star Trek this week or this past two weeks. Um, I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, I mean that is a lot to talk about. That's quite a quite a bit of news, and uh, we're halfway through the the season of Lower Decks, which I think is a perfect segue into spilling the truck. Aw, you guys are such a great couple. Oh, what can I say? I found the perfect guy. Look, I'm not perfect, okay? But I do have the perfect friends. Uh, no, Nico, you are the nicest, smartest, handsomest guy on this ship. I mean, it's either that or you're a Darvongian shape changer. (laughs) I mean, you're too I'm not going to sit around and let a face get melted. Not again. Yes. So let's talk about the two episodes, the two most recent episodes, Cupid's Errant Arrow and Terminal Provocations. 
So why don't we start with Cupid's, er <laughs> I can't say it, Cupid's errant arrow first. So I'm just gonna read the synopsis from Murray Alpha. It's very short. Uh, Mariner is suspicious of Boimler's new girlfriend. Tendi and Rutherford grow jealous of a bigger Starship's gear. Very straightforward. Yeah, that is uh, that sums up that episode pretty nicely. Um, what did you think of it? Where you know what what are your what did, what was your takeaway takeaways from it? Yeah, you know, so I know we're talking about Cupid's Aaron Arrow first. Yes. but you know, I I felt the same way about both this episode and Tom and Provocations in that I felt that they and I mentioned this to you offline, but I feel that um, they're getting these episodes are fine. I feel that they're a little, it's starting to get a little stale because they're starting to get very formulaic, particularly because I don't know why, but the writers have really decided to pair Boimler and Mariner together almost in almost every episode. One of the better episodes that aired where they kind of broke out of this kind of formula was Temporal Edict. And we actually saw things kind of get spiced up a little bit where Mariner was was stuck with Ransom and Boimler was interacting with Captain Freeman. You know, like, I think that breaking out of this formula really helps to energize things. And honestly, for the past two, three episodes, they've been kind of doing these pair-ups. So I do think that it's starting to get a little bit um, too comfortable in this formula. And I think it's actually to the detriment of the show. I do think that there's still a lot of fun. Um, there's still definitely a lot of like good throwbacks, good Easter eggs. But I think for the most part, you kind of you're starting to see, see the same interactions, the kind of the same pain points between the characters that are kind of explored over and over again. You know, like you know that Rutherford and Tendi, they kind of like respect each other. They're both very geeky they're going to, you know, geek out over science, you know, that's their connection. And, you know, they're obviously seeding the idea that they're into each other and things like that. Um, while Mariner and Boimler, you know that they're just very different, you know, like for the most part, they have very different approaches to Starfleet, their commitments to Starfleet, the idea of what it means to be a good Starfleet officer. And you basically almost see that in every episode. So you, you kind of come to expect what the interactions are going to be like. So I do think that, you know, I, I might, my hope is we have four more episodes. I do hope that they kind of switch things up a little bit so that it's not so expected because I do think that that is, again, it's, it's kind of starting to get a little bit stale in terms of the week to week interactions between these four ensigns. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think I've enjoyed the earlier episodes a little bit more uh, than these last two. Um, I did just watch rewatch them today. So they're fresher in my mind, but I was doing other things like work mm. while, while they were playing. So multitasking, uh, multitasking, but uh, you know, good, good in the background and some great one liners. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's from uh, Cupid's errant arrow where um, I can't even remember who said it, but there was a, it was probably Boimler, uh, talking about, uh, oh, he was talking about Jet, uh, Barbara's, uh, former boyfriend. And she uh -huh. said he was a little bit of like, a uh, a, 
he said something to the effect of he's a little bit of Kirk with some um, oh Trip Tucker sprinkles Trip, or something. I think that was uh, Mariner, wasn't it? I've got a bad feeling about Barb. I know. I can't believe she used to date Jet. That guy's like a Kirk Sunday with Trip Tucker sprinkles. I don't remember. Mariner, or, well, you watched him most recently. I, I want to say it's, it was Boimler, it was Boimler um, okay. complaining about Jet. So. Yeah, they had two Enterprise references in that episode. It was that, Tucker and the Sulaban. Sulaban, yeah. So, um, so yeah, there were some great Easter eggs in that, but I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, and a ton of Easter eggs on Mariner's conspiracy board. Oh yeah, so many, so many, so many. That so many. I don't even know. We dropping at all, yeah. Yeah, um, transporter accidents, the salt, mm. uh, like TOS, the salt eater. Um, I don't even know from what from the man trap. From the man trap. Um, yeah. yeah, so many things. Dolphin, the dolphin. Oh yeah. Um, oh my from god. Next it's generation. So many, so yeah. many things. So uh, Cardassian spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all kinds of great things. So yeah, I mean there were some really funny parts to to that episode. Uh, it's. Uh, it was also really cool to see Deep Space Nine briefly, very briefly. Um, you know, Mariner in a things. Mariner in the uh, black and and gray uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great scene when you know when we saw her friend the flashback. Yeah, yeah, the flashback where her friend gets eaten. So uh, it definitely gave some context to uh, Mariner's career experience i mean she she really has been on five ships um so uh you know i enjoyed the i I actually enjoyed the kind of like conspiracy around his barbara robot you know the um mariner says computer and program (laughs) yeah uh, yeah. thinking that she was a holodeck creation uh all of these things so i you know and and what i like about it is that she's not jealous She's protective of Boimler, but she's not jealous. She has no jealousy. So this isn't like a hidden romance. Oh, like I like her, like him or anything like that. So I, I really yeah. Do I don't like, think we need that. I I think it's well, I, we get way too much of that from Tendi and Rutherford. This uh, this budding re- you know relationship, but um, that's another story. But I really like the the best friends aspect of Mariner and Boimler, um, and. and so in that sense, it was just enjoyable. Um, but it, it was clear that Boimler was kind of going out of his mind, which is very Boimler. Um, so, yeah, it's so his character. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the outfit that he puts on and tries to be the bad boy, that was almost like a reference to the breakfast club, I think, or something like that. I've never uh, seen the breakfast club. Oh my word. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to stop recording right now. <laughs> I didn't go see the breakfast club We're, right now. He's going to go watch the breakfast club and we'll come back after these <laughs> messages. Um, <laughs> no, oh my gosh. You, oh man. But it's such an old movie. It's such a classic eighties movie though. I understand. Oh, gosh. John Hughes. One of the, that is one of the, one of the best mo- classic movies uh it's so from, old though from us growing up um yes great so One day. If, if it's so old that makes us so old as well um it's true so yeah i mean the story the background story the scientific part of the background story was great i mean clearly it's a character driven show but it's nice to have this like but in both episodes, they had this other, this overriding thing that the senior officers and others were dealing with. So 
you know, I, I probably enjoyed Cupid's Arrow more so than um, Terminal Provocations. Uh, but and and also just to briefly touch upon, it, it was nice to see a new class of starship, the Vancouver. Uh, yeah, because we've been seeing a lot of California class. Yeah, I mean, bigger than bigger than the California class, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously the the whole story with the T eighty eights. Well, you know, I guess I'm just not that type of person where I get super competitive with someone over something like that, but. Uh, it was kind of interesting. Over uh, a piece of equipment, I don't really understand. Can't anyone just replicate it? Like, right. why is it so yeah. special? I don't really get it. Yeah, I don't get that either. So, um, that yeah, that's that's one of those those things about uh, about this show where these things that don't actually make sense, you know. But we have totally talked about how there are many things that don't make sense when you have replicator technology. Like, it doesn't. It's like, I don't understand, like when you have replicators and no money, there are a lot of things that just don't make sense. Like some of these conflicts that they set up, even going back to Picard, like some of the issues that they were having, right. like we talked about that, like why yeah. is there this problem when you have replicators, you know? Right, exactly. Um, like why is Rafi living in squalor when there's no money and replicators compared to Jean-Luc Picard who's living on his villa or whatever? Right, and and is she really living in squalor? I mean, I know we've this we're we're not really talking about Picard, but we are. uh, But it does bring up you know some of these. She's living uh, in a trailer in the middle of nowhere. I mean, yes, she has a place to live. She has a roof over her head. She has wine in the in in her house. I mean, but she but she specifically chides Picard about well part of it being not to get too into Picard <laughs> but she chides Picard and part, part of it because she's bitter but she also says like oh you living on your like you know like your your mansion or whatever right, with yeah. your you know antique furniture I'm like why does it even matter who cares about antique furniture like you can replicate antique furniture if you want right whatever. exactly yeah uh, but anyway coming back to lower decks anyway uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, no. It's like why, why, why does it even matter these T88s when you know you can probably just pull this back and replicate it? You know, I did think it was interesting that the and I don't remember the character's name, uh, but he wanted to transfer them and wanted he wanted to transfer to the Cerritos. Oh, that was funny. Uh, that was kind of interesting. he was like, "There's too much adventure on this ship." Yeah, basically. too much work. Basically, he was basically feeling overworked. Uh, so it, and, and all like of every these, week or something yeah exactly he's you know references several different things that the enterprise uh in next generation always you know dealt with so i thought that was interesting um so yeah i you know and you kind of see uh obviously the the beginnings of of the well we and it's been sprinkled throughout the series so far just this relationship that's forming between rutherford and tendy but I'm not in, not at all like thrilled by that at, at all. You know, it kind of. Why are you not into it? Is it just because it's just like I don't, unnecessary I, or yeah, what? Yeah, I just don't know that we need. We always need romance for people to get along or to you know, which is why I kind of really do like the Boimler Mariner relationship because they're friends and it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I also you know I I love to see a little bit more exploration of Tendi. I mean, she's never in sick bay. Isn't that where she's supposed to work? She does everything but work in sick bay. Um, <laughs> so that's an interesting thing. And, I, you know, I'd kind of like to see Rutherford and Boimler hang out and 
Um, yeah, well, that's what, I was waiting bef- that's what I was trying to say. I do yeah. think that they should change things up a little bit. Yeah, but um, so yeah. But so those are some of my thoughts on um, on that. Anything else you want to talk about with Cupid's Errant Arrow? Or should we move on to Terminal Provocations? I think we can move on to Terminal Provocations. Okay. I mean, we've already brought it up a couple times, but... Yeah. Uh, we should get out of here. Computer and program. I said computer and program. That's not good. Badgie, run diagnostic. You got it! Ow! <sighs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to hurt you. Badgie, what the hell? Oh, guess I'm just a stupid, worthless flinch! <laughs> Badgie? Computer, re-engage safety protocols. Safety protocols are unavailable. Get off me! He's corrupted! Can I teach you a lesson? <laughs> Let me just read the synopsis from, again, credits to Memory Alpha. The lovable but awkward Ensign Fletcher makes work difficult for Mariner and Boimler. Rutherford introduces Tendi to a holodeck training program he created. That's all we got. That's all we got. Wow. So, yeah, the, the two main points of this episode really were Fletcher and Badgie, right? Uh, yeah. And how they cause problems. They both cause right. problems. Yeah, yeah, they both cause problems. And, and they're scal- uh, salvaging... Uh, the bridge crew is dealing with the salvage of a uh, hundred-year-old Federation starship. Mm-hmm. So, so what did you think of Ensign Fletcher? So, I've read a little bit online just about how, and I, I think I've seen Mike McMahon's uh, talking a little bit about how Fletcher was kind of based upon Barkley a little bit. Um, Barkley was never really my favorite character. He was kind of a little bit too neurotic for mm-hmm. like, how do you get into Star- Starfleet and be that neurotic um, and have that little of a social skill? But I guess, you know, that's, um, that's my judgment. Um, mm-hmm. Fletcher, the thing, you know, I thought that was weird though, is that when you, when we're first introduced to Fletcher, I would say the first half of this episode before things go to shit, he seems fine. Like, you know, he doesn't seem to be awkward. He kind of helps out Mariner when she has that accident in the mess hall or whatever. Right. Yeah. And she's and he seems competent. He has good social skills. He knows how to deal with the senior staff. Yeah. Boimler and Mariner seem to like him. So I thought that there was this turn in the middle that went really quickly. And, you know, he messes up with whatever the shield. I don't know, uh, computer core. Computer core, right? The, the shield modulation. I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel they turn on him really quickly. Like, I don't know if you, you, you felt this, but they, I, just, I just thought that he seemed, he was presented to be competent. He knew what he was doing. He seemed helpful. And then they come back and, you know, he messes, you know, he's messed up. And they seem very annoyed at him. And toward the, like, as you progress, it seems like, it's almost as if they're referring to that, the fact that he has had a history of being competent or not being up to snuff as a Starfleet officer. I, I thought that there was just a turn, the turn on him was very fast, especially how he was initially introduced to us as an audience. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, and you know, as you were thinking about that, I was like, what what happened? And I think the one the one thing that came in a flashback was that he attached the computer core to his brain, mm-hmm. and so not only did the did he go into the brain into his his personality went into the core, but I think it messed him up a little bit. But um, or maybe that obviously that I guess that happened after the after that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's it kind of talks a little bit about like people's personas and, and different, um, you know, how people can appear one way and in reality be another way. And, and they do kind of turn on them quickly, but I think that I don't, I don't know if it's so quick because, you know, he is, he does make their life worse, like exponentially worse. Sure. But it's, like, it's just moment. like at the beginning, they were like, oh, you're so awesome. Thanks for yeah. helping. Yeah. You know, um, they just seem very, comp- like, on the other hand, Barkley, you know from the start that, you know, this guy is a little bit off or incompetent yeah. or, you know, he's, he, he was immediately presented as kind of like a buffoon, to be wholly honest, on yeah. TNG um, versus here where I, I mean, Honestly, Fletcher's in it for one episode. There's not that much time for character development, but yeah. he didn't seem to be... He, he, he wasn't set up to be like Barkley, at least yeah. in my mind. Yeah, no, I, you know, and I think, you know, I agree. Like, there's not a lot of time to build up another character and really give him, like, context, too much context. But, um, you know, I think that the what happens is that he's the cause of the problem that actually... Like, it's a problem external to Boimler and Mariner that they need to solve before someone finds out. Right. Uh, before they get into trouble. Uh, so I think that that's part of it. Uh, and I, I think that, I, I, and this is the other part, I really like when they work together. They are a great team when they work together. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, so I, I, I think that, again, it's kind of the buddy, buddy movie matchup where you know they're given a problem and they need to solve it together and yes um, i agree that when they work together they make a great team um and you definitely see that in you know this situation yeah so i mean you know it's it's uh, obviously exaggerated and expedited due to the the nature of the show but um the other obviously the other major issue and Tell me your thoughts on the Tendi Rutherford storyline in this episode. What did you think about that? I thought it was fine. It, you know, it's it's just another. It, I mean, it's playing on obviously the you know traditional holodeck issue. You know, the holodeck goes around. You know, something goes around the holodeck. The safeties are turned off, and everyone's in danger. You know, so it's obviously a play on that, and also a play on Clippy. You know the Microsoft Office little helper. Yes, yes, that, that I got right yeah. away too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. You know, like it, I, I guess the the one thing that we are supposed to get out of it is that you know Rutherford really likes Tendi. Yeah, he you know, really does. He thinks that yeah. she's cute. Yep. But I mean, it was somewhat inconsequential. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the ba- the badgy thing, it's funny. I found, you know, the Clippy reference is so great because how annoying was Clippy and how annoying is Badgie? And Badgie is voiced by Jack Mc- 
Bear, uh, who's you know done a number of things. The, the thing that I know him the most from is Thirty Rock, uh, where he plays the the NBC kind of guide. Mm-hmm. Um, but his voice is really annoying in this episode to me. It's it's you know, and I in in a previous episode, I, I know I've talked about Andy Dick, and I don't normally like Andy Dick, but he, I liked him as the EMH Mark II uh, in Voyager mm-hmm. uh, on the Prometheus, but I really did not like Badgy. I did not like. Um, I mean, he was supposed to be annoying. Yeah, yeah, and I, it, yeah. It just kind of exact like I I I wanted to skip over that part. Um, and also to think that this this Clippy version of Clippy stabs Rutherford. That's the other thing about this, you know, uh, this specifically. I know the safety protocols are off. He Rutherford gets his ass kicked. I know he gets does. stabbed, you know, I would say centimeters, if not millimeters away from his heart by some some object. It looks like a crystal or an ice crystal or something. And gets up and seems fine. Um, and also, Rutherford breaks Clippy's neck, Badgie's yeah. neck. I mean, it was like pretty violent, actually. That, yeah, it was. It was kind of you know. So um, I mean, obviously, it's a you know, it is the holodeck goes awry kind of subplot, and um, you know, but uh, and it does come out through this final battle between Badgie and Rutherford that he did all of this to impress Tendi and wanted, you know, thinks she's cute. Um, but oh, gosh, I could have done with a lot less of Badgie and, um, and, you know, they noted that he slowed, he couldn't keep up physically and that was never really explained. Like there shouldn't yeah, be any, any physical anywhere. Yeah. They mentioned it, but they didn't, like there was no solution to it or no explanation of it. So, um, you know, but uh, so, yeah, I could have done without that whole part of the episode. The part that I actually really wish there was more of and, and over these two episodes, you know, you get to see Captain Freeman and actually Captain Freeman's a pretty damn good captain. Um, she, she, in the last episode that we talked about Cupid's errant arrow, she negotiates with this race. Like, they have like six different factions. Yeah, she, she fixes yeah. all six of, or five of the six. And then the one guy and his wife who own a planet, like, you know, once she finds out that, she's like, blow it up. Yeah. And, um, you know, in this episode, she's like doing everything short of, you know, Shaq starts the episode with a personal log wanting to blow, blow up this, salvage ship which they choose I'm, to take out their tractor beam they you know, that. yeah they, I they mean, had no other weapons uh and i'm fairly certain that jg hertzler uh played the captain of that vessel uh that that vessel uh he played not gauron but uh martok it's oh. martok that was martok. it his voice yeah that was definitely okay. his voice so um but that was a really interesting you know she Captain Freeman shows a lot of reserve and she wants it. She's like, we're Starfleet. This is, you know, we're, this is yeah. what we do. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I really, there's been some really subtle character development with Captain Freeman 
obviously she you know the episode with her and her daughter was a good one um but these little snippets of seeing her in command is actually really enjoyable and i kind of like it um so and oddly in this episode too Shax and tayana dr tayana or tiana kiss at the like once they're once oh yeah they're, that's they right and I, I forgot like, about that i was like what that's so weird and random like it's just you know uh so that was kind of out there but so there you know i i do like some of the development of the senior staff I, although shacks is definitely over the top mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i i actually am really beginning to really like captain freeman but this is part of the reason why I want to see more interaction between the senior staff and the ensigns too, you know, because I do, you know, I, I did enjoy, we had some issues with it, but I did enjoy Captain Freeman and Manor's interactions on Moist Vessel. You know, like they had some of those like mother-daughter moments, which are really good. Yeah. And then going back to Terrible Edict, you know, the interactions between Captain Freeman and Boimler and then yeah. Ransom and Mariner, you know, like those are actually pretty good interactions to have because you kind of see all these different facets of these characters that you don't get with just Tendi and Rutherford and Mariner and Boimler, you know? Yeah. They do think that there's a lot of untapped potential there for us to see more of that. Because, yeah, I mean, like, Kevin Freeman has her issues, like, because Temporal, you know, on that Temporal Edict episode, she was going crazy, you know, and she had to be reminded that people need to be able to operate at their own pace in order to be effective, you know, yeah. basic management skills. But I do think that she does, you know, she seems to have some skill like some skills as a captain but also in that episode that you're that you just referenced she has been practicing for this cardassian um peace talks or whatever some she's going to this conference Mm -hmm. and she gets screwed and has to deliver those gifts yeah um instead you know so it's kind of uh trinkets yeah exactly and uh, you know, so she's done all this work and she's kind of been screwed over by the Admiralty. So, um, but I'm really, I really am enjoying Captain Freeman and I do, I agree with you. I'd actually like to see Tendi and Rutherford kind of break up, uh, break apart as characters and go and interact with some of the senior staff as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, a little bit more, um, you know, yeah, I'm curious. Cause I'm, I feel that both Tendi, I'll be honest, Tendi and Rutherford are super underutilized. Yeah. Given, yep. you know, given how many episodes we've had so far, like mm-hmm. they haven't really done much, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, like they, get their, they have their time allotted, but they don't do much with it. Right. There's no, yeah, there's no real deep. I mean, they're really focusing on the romantic piece of it, I think, or their, their relationship with each other. Like those and cutesy moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're really not, you know, we're really not getting into see like, I would love to see how Rutherford got the implant and why he got the implant. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about Tendi's, you know, background and kind of, you know, we obviously know she's a Orion, but what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that there, and, uh, you know, other than, you know, one of the character traits about Tendi that I really don't like is that she's a, she wants everybody to like her, which you know, I, that drives me crazy. <laughs> I remember you saying you didn't. Yeah, like I didn't like yeah. that. You but, don't like table pleasers. Yeah, um, it's just they're not real, um, in my opinion. But oh so, goodness! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but, no judgment uh, here. Yeah, no judgment here. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, you know, these were these were good episodes. These weren't, you know, great episodes. I'd probably again go back and watch Temporal Edict. I'd probably go back and watch even Moist Vessel. Yeah, um, which we just, thought was good, but not great. Yeah, like it has uh, it has moments. Yeah, so I mean, I definitely think that uh, Cupid's Aaron Arrow has a lot more to offer us than this uh, Terminal Provocations episode. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I hope for more in the last four episodes. Hoping we get to see more. Uh, we'll get another episode tomorrow. Um, which we'll cover next week, but uh, you know, I th- I I want more. Uh, you know, I want um, I-, I want more of these characters. I want more of the senior staff. Uh, I want. I would love more character development. You know, yeah. I, in in general, I I know that obviously a lot of the the shows the the show is focused on humor, right and you know, the situations that they get themselves into, but I would love to see more come out of the characters and see them kind of, you know, they don't have the time for it. It's, it's, it's not, you know, it's just a matter of them wanting to focus on the character development. Well, that pretty much sums up our uh, thoughts on Lower Decks episodes five and six. And uh, it's five and six already. And that, yeah, we're going to get Discovery in a month. It's like going by quickly. It is uh, quickly and not quickly enough in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. So let's move on to off topic. Computer, hit it. Hitting it. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about off topic, but we don't have to go through all of it because it can be in another podcast. It so, really could. Uh, yeah. You... So one show that we're both watching mm-hmm. is Away. Well, Away. I finished. I finished yeah. when I saw my parents, <laughs> and you're on episode. You just finished episode three. I so, just finished episode. Spoiler three. warning for people who have not seen it, because I think we, oh, we're going to talk about. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, to, yeah. Spoilers I, up to episode three. Yeah, of away, and and more, even more specifically, we're going to talk about episode three because it again ties right into our podcast. Yeah. So you know, I I so I remember talking to you and you had only seen two episodes. I had and right. thought it was okay. And then I don't know if I specifically asked you about the Asian character Lou and I was like, Oh, what do you think about her? And you said, Oh, like it seems like, you know, she might be a spy or, you know, the the person May in mission control that's talking to her is like, you know, passing on secret messages. And then I was like just watch, watch the next episode. I, I, said, I said nothing. I was like, just watch the next episode and we can talk about it. So you just watched episode three yesterday. I did, and yeah. Sorry, for listeners that have no idea what the show is about, it's basically, I mean, it's, it's basically like similar to like For All Mankind. It's like a space show. It's in the near future. Um, it's a first mission to Mars. No aliens. It's all about the human drama. It's yeah. about the crew that is on its way to Mars. Yeah, um, and, and they're the people back home who are left uh, who are left back home. Yes, this episode also going away because they're going away. So, what does it mean for those that are going away? Get mm-hmm. it? And the people that they're leaving behind, and right. all the drama that ensues. And yeah. the the star of it's Hillary Swank. You know, she she plays the lead. She's fine. Um, but 
it's really an uh, ensemble. Like, I think that that's one of the interesting, interesting things. Yeah, you know, my, my biggest complaint about it was that they're setting up this US, Russian, Chinese, like kind of triad disagreement, like power struggle, uh, which is very tropey and very boring, sure. you know? So, um, and that's, you know, before I'd watched episode three, that's where I, where I was at with that was, mm -hmm. It was just, it's, I'm just tired of, honestly, like the Chinese, Russian, US triangle. I'm just bored with it. Uh, but tell us I, about episode three. So like, episode three. focuses um, on Lu, who Lu, is the Chinese, the Chinese astronaut. Yes, she's a Chinese mission specialist. And, uh, you know, we uncover through this episode that prior, prior, I thought she was a spy, but Actually, they were uh, May, who is one of the one of the one of the best people, according to Hillary Swank's character in Mission Control. Um, there was some chatter between her and Lou, and I thought it was very suspicious and very, you know, um, spicy. Spy. I don't know if that's a mm. word, but. Um, so we actually learned that they developed a relationship over the the two years while they were prepping for this mission mm -hmm. and um which i actually really i, I really humanized lou first of all um mm -hmm. for sure yeah. which was great uh and uh there was some rede really redemption redemptive qualities in this episode like the the Obviously, Lou and the Russian. I can't remember his name right now, but can't remember his name, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, she goes to him for help in trying to get a secure line back to Earth because May is suddenly removed from the command team right. back on Earth. So, and that really, Lou gets very upset about this um, for obvious, for unknown reasons at first, but for obvious reasons later on. And, um, you know, she goes to the Russian guy and asks if there's any way to like get a private call out. And he basically says, I'm not going to help you cheat on your husband. And, um, you know, so, so suddenly, which is a part I actually liked, suddenly the Russians and the Chinese aren't so close anymore, uh, which I, you know, I'm happy about. Uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, more importantly, I, I think Hillary Swank's character really comes through. Actually, it's not even hit her, although there's, so May's replacement is Jack from the moon. I can't remember his, I just know his name is Jack. Um, he was the commander of the moon base. He's right. obviously come back to earth. He takes over for May's position, which is, seems like some sort of contact calm person between, between Earth and the the mission, so I, I just thought it was uh, so. There's some dynamic between Hillary Swank and him because mm -hmm. he should he wanted the command. She ended up with it, right? Right. Um, so there's that, and then he dynamic. was the one that let out, so spilled the tea, tea about Lou to Hillary Swank's crew, right? But not to Hillary Swank, not uh, to Hillary Swank, uh, to the boys, to the three three guys that are on the crew. Um, so. Uh, but Hillary Swank gets blamed for it by Lou. Mm -hmm. And so there's some, you know, hatred, emotion, drama there. And then um, it's nice this at the end that she actually arranges 
in conjunction with Jack. So there's some partnership between Jack and Hilary Swank's character. And, um, and then she's able to give Lou the opportunity to talk to May, which was a really nice conversation. Um, you know, I, I, I think one of the things I realized in this episode and will probably become apparent should they get a second season or, and beyond um, is the fact that um, Lou tells her that she'll come find her after all the parades and after mm-hmm. her son grows up and, you know, after all the, all the accolades are kind of done. And, and, you know, my, my thought is, you know, that's never going to happen. I mean, that may happen, but May is going to move on. I mean, I think yeah. that one of the things that everyone has to realize if you're going to go on a mission like that is the people that you leave behind are not going to be the same people that you're going to come back to in three years. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, I can kind of foresee some, foresee some issues should this series go to its whatever completion it does. So, um, so yeah, but it was really nice that Hillary set that up, helps set that up and gives that to her in a way that is supportive, um, you know, from a, from an LGBTQ perspective. I, I, you know, I think that that's, it's great to see, to know that there's a lesbian on the crew mm-hmm. um, or even a bisexual. She, she had a, she has a husband and she has a son, um, but she did let May know early in the episode in flashbacks that there isn't any passion or love in that relationship. So, um, so yeah, it was great to see another gay character come out of the blue in a, in a, in the form of a very traditional Chinese woman. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was exciting to see. So I'm glad that, you know, and I, I didn't, I, you know, you told me to watch episode three. That was a couple of weeks ago. It's been, it literally has been about two weeks since we watched episode one and two. So, um, did Dennis watch it with you? Yeah, he he was doing some other things. We were doing some paperwork that we need to, to, uh, get done. But, um, so yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was good. It was really good. So I'm really happy to see that and it'll be interesting to kind of, um, because it's very, so far, the show is very heteronormative, as you would say. Right. Uh, it's very, you know, the Hillary Swank character, family, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, has a husband back home. You know, in this episode, it also comes up that her husband is going to be possibly never going to walk again. Um, but, All the drama. Yeah. So, so drama. there's that drama. Yeah. Obviously, the Russian and the, um, I want to say Indian guy are obviously heterosexual. We don't really know about the other guy who's from Burma or um, somewhere somewhere else. I do not recall. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, so it's a you know it's nice to have that that piece in there. Yeah. Um, it won't really play out. It's not going to play out anymore. At least not for a while. Probably, um, given that you know this is within the first probably several weeks of them on their way to Mars. So of a three year journey. So it's not really gonna, you know, come up probably too much. That's my estimation. You've seen the whole episode. You're, I have you're, seen. So you're, you're yeah, keeping I, a very you have, good, seven, you have seven more episodes to go. Yeah. 
So I need to be careful about what I say because I don't yes. want to spoil anything. You are you're you have a great poker face right now, which is great, and I want you to because I think you, I, I wouldn't have enjoyed this episode as much had you told me what happened. So yeah, no, I, I wanted you to see it and I wanted your response. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think you summarized it pretty well. I do think that they did an, a wonderful job bringing about their relationship and kind of showcasing it and showing how it slowly evolves over the two years that they're working together before the mission. Um, and, you know, and for me, it's particularly resonant because it is like two Chinese characters and not just two Chinese characters, two Chinese women, which, you know, I don't relate to, but I do relate to the Chinese aspect of it. And, you know, the great thing is they're Chinese was, actually they actually hired chinese people to speak chinese like you know like people who actually know chinese and i understood what they were saying and it actually was more or less what you saw in the closed captioning so i was like thank god because so often you see people talk in chinese and it's like that's not that's not chinese or it's like very poor chinese and these are because they're supposed to be chinese they're supposed to be from china so their accents were spot on like they're legit Chinese people. Yeah, I mean, um, their first language was Chinese, not English. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, thank God, you know, they're real Chinese and they're speaking in Chinese. And, yep. you know, they, so it's, you know, at least that part's correct. That being said, I do, you know, it was just particularly resonant for me because the big conflict with Lou is that she is coming from a very traditional heteronormative society and culture that very much values the idea of family. You know, like that is, and I had a pretty like discussion with my friends about this because, you know, she watched away, like all of it. And she was really mad um, at the Chinese government. Like, you know, like that they would do this to Lou and that they would force them apart. And I was like, yeah, but you have to understand it's, it's China. Like, you know, like they have a very traditional viewpoint when it comes to family, it is very foundational to their culture. And she was like not having it. And I had to like talk her down a minute. And I was like, look, like this is a culture that has been around for 5,000 years. You know, you're not, there's not, they're not gonna change overnight, you know? And a lot of their values have been around for many, many, many generations. And sure, you can say like right now, the communist regime, you know, has, particular influence and there's other stuff and you know, there's politics in the mix, but you can, you can draw everything that they hold dear back to this idea of filial piety, right? This idea that it's not about the individual, it's about your family, it's about the bigger whole, it's about the state, right? And there's value in that because I think it's, especially I think this is one of the things that they kind of touch on in the show, it's like what East versus West, right? West is all about you needing to be your best self. You need to be an individual. It's all about self-expression. It's all about being authentic, quote unquote authentic and being real. Whereas for people who are in living in China and honestly many parts of Asia is not about the individual, it's about the collective. It's about the greater whole. It's about your family. It's about the family line. Um, and to say that, Western values are better than Eastern values is very unfair. You know, like you can't just 
say it is like one is better than the other. Like, you know, it's just very different viewpoints. I personally, you know, I'm very much assimilated, like, you know, so I very much think in Western culture values. So I do have this idea that, the, you know, that there should be some sort of compromise, like, you know, that your, your idea of self and being authentic should not totally be sacrificed for the idea of being part of the collective, right? Like there needs to be some sort of give and, you know, give and take between the two. Because I do think sometimes Western values probably too emphasize individual a little too much. And then we, you know, this is why we leave old people in nursing homes and old people aren't valued in Western culture versus how they are taken care of in Eastern culture. You know, like there's so, there's so many pros and cons to both, right? So I'm like, you know, I get it. So for me, it was very much this tug of war, like, because I saw Lou's struggle and she's married and she has a child and she has this commitment and she can't just abandon that for her own joy right she can't just she she wants to be authentic but she's already made a commitment and there's no perfect solution you know like and I know people who have been in relationships they have children and they come out um in their 50s or 60s and it doesn't end well, you know, like they, they decide they need to start all over. They need to live this other life. And it doesn't always end that way. I do know a few folks who, you know, have been able to make a compromise and kind of figure things out. But for the most part, I would say in many cases, they kind of need to start their own lives, you know, and that in some ways they are, they need to like leave their family behind in order to be authentic and to be true to who they are. And that is a very Western POV. Like, you know, that's, and that would not fly in like, you know, China. <laughs> like you, you can't just like abandon, you know, I, I mean, you could, but that's not okay. So I, you know, I thought that they did an awesome job kind of cultivating the many layers of the politics of the culture of Lou as an individual um, and kind of showcasing that there really is no easy answer. You know, she wants, like you're saying, she eventually, when she, when her child grows up, she wants to then, you know, then that's the opportunity, right? But who knows? So I thought that they, yeah, they, they, they just did a really good job of kind of showcasing like a very complex character um, and kind of the really honestly, like multi-layered situation that she's in. Um, and yeah, it was, and they also did a really great job to kind of just showing those emotional beats between her and May. And, you know, it was heartbreaking, like, because, you know, the scene where at the very end, their last phone call was so good. Um, but anyway, yeah, I thought that this was definitely one of the highlights of the season. Um, you know, I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad yeah. you saw it yesterday. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think uh, your summary and, and your perspective on it is is awesome because uh, you know I uh, I'm I am I'm a Western white gay male, so I mean it's not. Right, right. Um, but I would say that you, yeah, there yeah, I would say that you. It's a, I appreciate hearing your perspective on the clash between Western and Eastern values. Um, it's a, it's a really good point. And I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of that. So, um, 
I think it's important to consider. Uh, I think that I do think that there's some happy medium or there's some, oh, yeah. there, no, I think that there's an opportunity yeah. to have a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, whatever mm. the percentage works for you. Um, yeah. You know, I definitely think that, you know, West uh, certainly uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. And I think that all of the stuff that we see online from, you know, just some ridiculous stuff of our people complaining about my individual rights are being taken away by wearing a mask. And, and yeah, that ridiculous, you know, that, that is, that's taking it too far. And, you know, there are a lot of causes for that, which we're not going to go into because neither one of us likes to talk about politics, but um, you know, I, I think that there's, there's some, there is value in having a bit of column A and column B, you know, being individual, being an individual, but also knowing that you're part of a community, whether, exactly. whatever, yeah. whatever that community is, whether that is um, the United States, China, a, a family, a state, whatever, you know, whatever it is, like you're part of a community could be, you know, a church community it could be a, you know, a, uh, you know, a community like, Hell's Kitchen in New York, or, you right, know, just right. any place like that, you know, or a small town. Um, so, you know, I think that there's an opportunity to really um, to find balance between those two, two, two um, different points of view, or those yeah. two value systems, I should say, they're value systems. Uh, so, I do yeah. think that's a good. That's a good point. I think a lot of the issues that we're having in Western democratic culture is this idea that people are just too focused on themselves. Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, it just gets to a point where it's just selfishness, you know, like, it's just like, it's great that you want to be authentic and true to who you are, but at a certain point, it's just, it's too much, you know, it's, it leans too far in one direction. Yeah. And I think, uh, honestly, like that whole perspective too, comes down to climate change and things like that, 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 you know, we actually do need to change as a society, as a whole society, you know, yeah. uh, we're not, we're doing far too much damage to this world. Um, and it's not going to be able to sustain us all for, for very much longer at the rate that we're, we're going. So I, I think that at some point we're going to have to consider what's the greater good here. Yeah. But, um but cool that was an unexpected but kind of cool discussion in our off topic um i know a couple other things that that you there's so much yeah there's there a is lot so of... much um, well do you have anything else other than away uh you know the only thing i did finish i finished actually today um was uh the new star wars book on audio um oh okay yeah uh which was really good you know uh timothy zahn is a fantastic writer and uh, does a great job with uh the character of thrawn which is a is a alien uh blue-skinned alien chiss um and this is kind of his this this new first book in a new trilogy is all about his early years so um so it was really good. Um, but that's really all I have. I know you have some really great stuff, though. I mean, you did binge watch a lot over that weekend. But, I did. Um, you know, maybe one of the highlight, you know, one or two of the highlights. Well, I, I know one of the highlights 
was definitely Mulan, but <laughs> uh, like I was like, yeah, th- speaking like as we're talking about East versus West, West Mulan, right, yeah. yeah. So I, I had a Mulan viewing party, and you know, I actually thought Mulan was fine, and then I started to think about it more, and there were all these issues, and I'm sh- I'm sure people, you know, our listeners have probably heard about some of the controversy about where they filmed in China and some of the human rights issues and how, um, you know, a lot of people have also objected to even the idea that as you watch it on Disney Plus, there are no like Chinese closed captions, like even like, you know, just random things like that, where I think Disney, I think the problem is this, you know, the, the issue about a property like Mulan is that you can't satisfy everyone Sure. And I think what they really tried to do um, with this particular interpretation, Mulan, is they want to make sure that it made money in China. So they kind of switched up the narrative a little bit. There's a lot of duty to family in this one that is an original, but this one I think really hits it much more over the head. And I don't know. It's like there there are elements of it that you can tell were politicized. It, it's a little bit messy. I liked it. Again, I liked it at first, you know, first viewing and it was a viewing party and had some friends over and it was fun. And maybe and maybe but, just really quick clarify, you didn't have a party of like 20 people. No, no, it was four small people. Group of, yeah, a small, small group, group of people. people it was not. It. Yes, I, that would be not okay. But um, but yes, I I enjoyed it, but you know it it has its issues. But yeah, no. So I watched Mulan, and then also very quickly other things I've been watching. So I'm watching Raised by Wolves, which is on HBO Max, and I recommend that to you. That is yep. Ridley Ridley Scott is one of the producers, and he directed the first two episodes, and it's really good. It's really sci-fi. It's the whole premise is the earth has been essentially destroyed because of, you know, whatever. Climate change. Climate change, yeah, right? All the things. And they, and people need to start over. But it's all about, and um, it's all about, I'm listening to the accompanying podcast because it goes pretty deep. Yeah. But the whole idea is you go to a new planet, you start over, and, you know, guess what? You bring all the same shit with you, you bring all the same issues. Sure. All the same drama, all the same conflicts. It doesn't matter. You, you think like you go to a new planet and you can just start with a clean slate. Nope. You know, human nature basically uh, goes along wherever it's brought. And, you know, whether it is the issues between people or are, are the way in which we are destructive towards nature, it's basically propagated, you know, to wherever we go. Yeah, I'm so, sure that it probably yeah. also talks about the individual versus the community in some aspect, or perhaps there is a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like pretty complicated. I do suggest you watch it because I don't want yeah. to spoil too much of it. Yeah, sure. as you know, you know, like there are androids involved, things like oh, that. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So that's oh, cool. okay. Great. Well, there are. Yeah. Um, Great. So yes, it is fascinating. Um, awesome. I, I do suggest it's a little bit slow. I do. I did fall asleep in the last episode very briefly, oh. and to rewind. But that was also after dinner, so I was having food coma, so that was an issue. Yeah. And so um, this is an episodic thing. It's not a dump on, like on Netflix where you can watch all 10 episodes. This is a weekly series. It's it started weekly. out with three episodes, yeah. right? So HBO Max is dropping. They dropped three episodes 
first night, and then each week they're dropping two episodes at a time. Oh wow! I think two there's only two, ten episodes in the season. Yeah, but they're dropping two episodes at a time. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and yeah, I suggest watching it. It's very okay. high quality. You All see, right. it's expensive looking. I suggest it. Um, I'm also watching The Boys on Amazon Prime. And I think you're planning to watch that. At some yeah, point. for sure. Yeah, I watched season yeah. one. I've watched actually watched season one twice. Did I? No, um, only once. Only once I've watched. The it. Boys is really good. The only issue I have with The Boys is I am very stressed out when watching it Ooh. because anyone can die at any moment. Like someone oh, okay. can explode. Oh you yeah. Know, someone can just come and kill. Like you know, it's like death comes quickly on this show. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can be just talking to someone and they're dead, you know, like just yeah. all of a sudden. So I'm, I'm sometimes I'm just very, I'm just very stressed out watching it because I'm like bracing for the next, you know, guts flying everywhere. Gotcha. But it is really good. I, I enjoy it. Um, there's not much in terms of messaging. You know, I wouldn't, you know, there's not much of a... a there's been know, some talk online about how it kind of reflects a lot of the present day um there are it's like the whole idea of how power corrupts you know and and, absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah Yeah. but um you know it's it's not exactly i would say subtle okay yeah all Um, right cool i'm also okay last i'm almost done (laughs) uh last i'm watching lovecraft country which i definitely think mike you need to watch it is so good so it's it's a fantasy series. I would call. I would kind of bucket into fantasy. It's like historical fantasy. It's supposed to take place in the fifties, and it's kind of like alt history. It's a little bit alt history. Okay. But uh, it's. I mean, the the setting is America in the fifties. So there's segregation. You know, like there's mm. a lot of blatant racism. Not that that has changed, but you know, it's even more blatant. Yeah. Um, but it's all kind of wrapped up in this sci-fi environment. And then also you throw in a little bit of HP Lovecraft. So you have this like there's a little bit of horror, not too horror. It's not like penny dreadful horror. Okay. But there there are a few moments where like it's like a but um it's really fascinating. I did not know that HP Lovecraft was a racist slash white supremacist. Oh I did not wow. know that. Um okay. and that is kind of wrapped up in this whole narrative. Like it's it's very interesting. I I don't want to talk about it any further because I don't okay. want to spoil it. Yeah. But it's it's really good. It's I suggest our listeners give that a watch too. There's a lot of I mean the thing is more about the racism than the sci-fi fantasy horror aspect. And this doesn't spoil anything, but the true horror is racism. It's not the monsters or right. Or what. It's about it's about you know human hatred, and that you know that's the that's real horror. So it's yep. very interesting. A lot of okay. allegory. All right, cool. Well, you, thanks for giving me and our listeners uh, a ton of things to watch and catch up on. If uh, maybe well, not Mulan. Mulan's gonna come out on Disney Plus for everyone to stream in December. So if you want to watch Mulan, I suggest you wait. I don't suggest paying thirty dollars for it unless you have a friend who's hosting a mini watch party and they decide yeah. to pay the thirty dollars. Yeah, the rest so. is uh, on a variety of Amazon and Amazon and 
Netflix, uh, Netflix and, HBO. and HBO. So yeah. yeah, we've got the the three three of the four or major networks there covered. Cool. We yeah. Well, there we go. That we was a lot. Hulu, but moving on right now. Yeah. Um. Well, that that wraps up off topic. So now I guess we should uh, walk down the corridor and head into Deanna's office, maybe. For a little Hi, t- Counselor Troy. What's up? <laughs> Come in. Hi. You got a minute? Sure. Let's uh, so so uh, this is our segment, dishing with Deanna. Yeah. So, Mike, what has been going on in your personal life? How was P Town? So did you go to the TikTok? Did you go to the TikTok? <laughs> you hang Every out time you TikTok? say that, we we have to mark our episodes explicit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So yes, uh, we we went uh, on vacation to Provincetown and Massachusetts, and no, we did not go to the TikTok. That is not our thing. Not um, even from afar. We actually did walk down a street that is right beside it, but I didn't realize it until we were walking back up the street. Oh, okay. Because um, I've never really been, I've never been down there. Uh, we just saw a street that you could walk down to the water, towards the water on, and we did, and that was... Uh, were there a lot of gays? No, it was really, I mean, so we got there on Tuesday the 8th, which was the day after Labor Day. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, pretty much everyone had been there through Labor Day and had probably taken off that morning as we were taking off from New York. They were oh, okay, off. so you probably just missed all of them. Yeah, so right. yeah, I, I definitely missed a, a few people messaged me after they saw a pic uh, of Dennis. And they were like, I was just there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, we had a really good time. You know, there's, you know, it's just it's a it's nice to be by the ocean it's nice to see lots of sand um it was just yeah you know ocean air so you don't like seafood yeah no i know right yeah yeah that is a thing there obviously um yeah i do not like seafood Uh, i know that that's going to come as a horrifying shock to our listeners but i am i just do not eat seafood um for a variety of reasons and uh, but Dennis does, and so Dennis enjoys mm-hmm. quite a bit of uh, of seafood. So uh, he was happy with that. Uh, we went uh, kayaking in the marshes. Uh, in the, not, it's, I mean, it, it sounds less less gross than it was. Um, it's actually a protected area, essentially. Um, oh, okay. So uh, it's uh, part of the, I want to say the National Land Preserve. And so uh, we went kayaking for two plus hours uh, there, uh, which is a good workout. Uh, of two course, hours. One, of course, one of my, the, one of the straps on my seat on my kayak broke and it put me off balance and I fell into the water. Within, like, <gasps> you fell the, in? I fell in for like, in oh the, my gosh, that so, sounds gross. Uh, it was actually marsh. No, no, is so this is no, 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 no. So this is in actually in it happened in early in the early in the kayaking adventure. We were actually out near the jetty, which is this rock um, rock okay. wall that was is built um, is man made. Um, so the water was deep, 
Um, it was just. Did you capsize or did you just fall in? No, I literally capsized. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a disaster. I also had our phones in a Ziploc bag in my pocket, so they got a little wet. Um, oh, you weren't carrying one of those like waterproof bags or whatever. We we couldn't. So we couldn't find. We for a previous vacation we bought things to put our. Uh, phones in, but we couldn't oh, find it for this. That's trip. suboptimal. Yeah, so uh, they were just in a regular Ziploc bag. Dumb. Um, so, well, I didn't expect to tip over, but uh, and it was fine. The water was actually a, not a bad temperature. It didn't. It wasn't freezing. Um, I would was, have been displeased. They would have been screaming. Yes, they probably would have been screaming had you been there. Yes. Um, an important note to make. Uh, self note to Mike and to remind Dennis when he wants to invite you on vacation. <laughs> I mean, I don't like, I don't mind kayaking. I no. don't want to capsize. No. And, and the, I think the only reason why I did is because one of the, the hooks broke that held the seat in place. And so I lost that, like I overcompensated in, in rowing and, um, and fell over. So, and totally capsized the, the boat. So unfortunate um yeah that was unfortunate it didn't it was fine you know for the most part I, you know i did dry out for the most part um but it did get super cloudy and uh later on so towards the end walking back to our hotel i got cold um so um there is that uh aspect of it yeah but it was good it was a good uh you know the weather wasn't great um it kind of got progressively cloudier and cooler. Oh, yeah i saw yeah so you know but uh it was still a good 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 getaway and then we went back to southeastern massachusetts um where the where the cape meets uh the rest of massachusetts and um we hung out with my sister and her family mm-hmm. and we met up with some of my friends uh there so we you know he got to meet some of those people and uh that was really nice so sounds delightful yeah and then we drove back and um and now we're here now we're here and monday this week let me tell you so this is wednesday as we're recording it uh the 16th of september and uh this week has been actually monday was an effing week all wrapped (laughs) into one (laughs) Tuesday got slightly better and today it was manageable. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, wow. Uh, Hurricane September has hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's been brutal. And fall is here. And fall is here. Yes. We, you and I talked before we started recording about, yeah. you know, fall is here. The temperature, I'm wearing a sweatshirt in my apartment. As we're recording this, is it that cold, or do you just have like I low just got tolerance? For I have I have low tolerance for cold, um, and and once I'm cold, so that was the problem capsizing in the boat. Like I was fine for a while because the sun was out, and but the minute it got cooler, um, I once I'm cold, I'm cold, and, and it really only it takes uh, a hot shower really only to warm me up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of of cooler weather. I mean, I feel like the summer was too short. I mean, we didn't get good weather it until was fast. Yeah, it was fast, it was, it was and fast. Uh, the warm weather really wasn't here very long because it really didn't get warm. Because I remember we were still running on our treadmill inside, 
in mid-May, even into late May, before the weather outside was really tolerable enough to do running outside. And um, I mean, things were closed down still at that point too. So it was kind mm, of that's true. less um, less of a wise idea to go over running outside. It was still kind of locked down. Um, so yeah, um, so I'm a little disappointed that uh, the summer weather is gone and, and mother nature clearly is pissed off. <laughs> clearly is pissed off for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously, you know, half of, half of the West coast is on fire and the other half is in a I'm drought and uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's really, it really is. So a lot going on in this world. And uh, so, yeah, but There's I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the cold weather, cold, cooler weather. Uh, I'm much more of a t-shirt and shorts kind of mm. guy. Um, so bundling up is not exactly ideal, but, and on top of that, getting darker earlier is also not ideal for me sure. either. So, yeah, um, but it was a good good getaway. It was nice to get out of the city, get some fresh air, see family and friends. It was just, it was good. Um, Do you feel like you had a good quality time with Dennis? Yeah, I mean, we every time we go on vacation, we travel really well together. We enjoy each That's other's good. company. We enjoy each other's company. We laugh. We make each other laugh. It's just, it's never, there's never a moment really where we're like, uh, like, I want this to be over. Never, <laughs> never like that. I mean, some, I mean, some couples might be like that. We're not like that. We actually like hanging out with each other. And uh, we, well, I think it also helps that during the work week, you guys have, you know, your schedules don't, make it so that you're always next to each other you know he right. he goes in into work while you work from home yes and then sometimes he works late and then you guys only get a few hours together each day mm -hmm. so i think that helps too yeah i would totally agree with that 100 yeah. percent. i think it's uh and in fact on days when he is home it there are some challenges um at times with um you know the tv playing in the living room and I'm back here trying to work. Uh, yeah, fortunately, yeah. fortunately, we have enough space. I mean, our, we live in a railroad style apartment. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's sort of, it's long and thin. Um, and um, so I'm in the back and the TV is sort of towards the front. So uh, it does, um, there is enough separation um, but I do feel for those couples and those people with families who are kind of all on top of each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, my, I actually texted my sister today. Today was the first day of school for my nephews and niece. And it went surprisingly well, she said. It was smooth. So, oh, was it? It's in person? No. So they are they're in Massachusetts and uh, their first month is, is all virtual. Okay. So okay. And then it goes into a hybrid um, thing and there are all these terms that my sister tried to explain or say would say these things and she said that in all these terms that they now have for what school is synchronous asynchronous i don't know i don't know I don't hybrid know. I, don't I don't know, know. all these I, different I terms know. i don't know so yeah um but fall is unfortunately here even though it really doesn't start till next week officially and um i'm hoping for a nice warm comeback of weather for a while before ah. 
before we head into like Halloween and Thanksgiving and cold weather. Yeah. Yeah. Even colder weather, I should say. So yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a good, good vacation, good trip. Um, and we're back and I think that's our last, well, that's definitely our last vacation for the year. Oh, that's it. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. It's over. Yep. Uh, you're in your, in your famous words, it's over. It's over. <laughs> really um, is. so yeah, so that's a little bit about what, uh, or a lot about what's going on, what happened in my life the last couple of weeks. What, what about you? Tell us about, uh, your personal life and how, how are the dating apps going and what's going on there? I mean, there's no movement. It's like, there's no one. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I've still been on the apps, but I only seem to match with scammers for some reason. So <laughs> I'm like, nope, this is not real. So there's a lot of that. And then I match with some people and then they don't speak English. And I'm like, no, thank you. So it's like, it's, it, that hasn't gone anywhere which is, I'm like, it's fine. Um, yeah, no, there's, there's been no development whatsoever. I think there was one guy I was like talking to for a little bit, but um, that ended quickly. So, And do you yeah. want to disclose like any reasons why that ended quickly? Just not, he's not. I think it just, it was just a situation where it fizzled out. Like it, it just, okay. just stopped talking. So. Okay. All right. But whatever, it's fine. Um, so yeah, so so there's nothing. There's nothing there. Um, How are the terrariums and the fish doing? Oh yeah, no, that's keeping me busy. You know, I think it's good. So yeah, like you know, being single gives me more time for hobbies, and I have hobbies, which is always helpful. And I have a podcast, so <laughs> that's also helpful. <laughs> So it's actually kind of nice to like have these like side things because I have the time for it now. If I'm ever in a relationship, who knows? It you know I think it would be much more difficult to actually do anything. But right now I have the luxury of time because I don't have a partner or children. So there it is. Um, last weekend I did see my parents. I it was a whole thing. I got tested negative. I, I didn't see anyone for five days and then I went to see them and it was fine. There was a lot of screaming. There's usually a little bit of screaming when I see my parents. And this time there was like extra screaming because my dad, he turned 96 uh, on September 6th. First time ever and last time that that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he is old and my mom is basically his caretaker and I, you know, she's not, she's getting up there herself too. She's going to be 76 this year. Okay. So a lot of our discussions were about, you know, how to deal with care, you know, how can their lives be easier? Mm -hmm. And there were just things that were just really frustrating. Like, you know, when I was talking to them and it doesn't help when old people are stubborn, it, you know, when they're stubborn and stuck in their ways and they refuse to modify behavior to adapt to new situations and challenges i'm like bitches please like you know <laughs> like just small changes in behavior can help you 
You know, like for example, my mom cooks every single meal because my dad is a picky eater and she's tried to do a little bit of takeout here and there and he doesn't like it. And I'm like, yo, just make him eat whatever is presented to him. You know, like if he's not going to eat, be like, too bad, you know, this is what you have. You know, like, and it's just like my mom doesn't take care of herself and give herself a break. And like, no, you can't just keep on taking care of him. You need to take care of yourself because if you want to take care of him long-term, you need to make sure that you're okay. And she's just like, it's fine. You know, I'll just like, you know, do it until I can't anymore. I'm like, you don't want to get to that point, you know, anytime soon. So you need to make sure that you are giving yourself time off, you know, like you're making sure that you have time to rest. And maybe that means not cooking three meals a day. Maybe that means cooking two meals a day and one meal you're just doing whatever, you know, doing something easy. Um, and she's like, no, I'm like, all right. I was like, whatever. I washed my hands of this. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Um, I did like buy them a few things to like make it lives easier. Uh, I bought them like an intercom so that my dad can easily like, if she's like in a different part of the house, like they can easily like communicate. That's great. Uh, like things like small things like that to like, yeah. you know, to make marginal improvements in their lives. Did you but, buy the fridge yeah. that we talked about? Yes. So my, my dad, he, just to give context, my dad, he, um, so we have a three story house back home. My dad has been staying mostly on just the first floor um, because it's just like the, the area where he's most comfortable and the kitchen, the fridge is on the second floor, and my mom has to go up and down every day, just looking, you know, carrying food back and forth. I'm like, how about you just get like a fridge on the first floor so you don't have to like, if you want to bring in some like soy milk or whatever, you don't have to like go up to the second floor just to get some soy milk, like you know, one last trip. And she's like, no, we don't need it. I'm like, you don't need it, but it will make your life easier. And yeah, I talked to you about this. I was so frustrated. And then your, your advice was just like, just do it. Just like, get it. Just buy and it. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it. So I got it. And then my mom was like, this is amazing. And I'm like, bitch, like, there what you the fuck? You yeah. know? So it's just like, and it's not like a matter of expense. Like a mini fridge is like $80. It's not like ridiculously expensive, you know? It's just... It goes back to what I'm saying. Like old people are just so stuck in their ways sometimes. And just like they're not used to like making small changes, even if it makes their lives easier. And it's so frustrating. So I'm just like, you know, yelling at them, cursing at them in Chinese. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just so frustrating. So anyway, so that was my weekend last week. Last weekend, um, and yeah, they were like, "Thanks for thanks for improving our lives so much." I'm like, "Whatever, get out." <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so you're a good you're a good son. One, you went and spent the weekend with them, and I am good. a good son. That is correct. That is a true yeah. statement. Yes, you yes. are, and you do buy them things, which I think is really nice. And it's those things sound like they're they are going to make their lives easier. Like, yeah, I'm just like, oh my god. So good. That's great. Um, And so this weekend we have a little get together with a few of 
few of us. Yeah, we do. What, do you want to get into that? I, I don't know. I, I, would... I mean, you guys are coming over. We're going to hang out. End of story. <laughs> what else is there to say? I make, I'm going to probably... You're I'm cooking. Making, You're, I'm, I... Yes, I'm cooking. I'm thinking about making like a brisket. So we'll see. I've never made beef brisket before. So if it's terrible, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be edible, but if it's terrible. I'm sure, sorry. it will be fine. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, that's... Uh, I think that's mostly it. I'm trying to think if there's much else. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm taking care of my fish and dealing with this podcast and watching a lot of TV. That's basically the gist of my life at the moment. And work. Oh, right. I forgot. There's that too. Yes, there is work. And we we both, uh, yes, we both are hard workers and very busy. And yeah, I was going to say though, like, um, so you know i so for i haven't really talked about work much but i do work in the advertising industry and the specialty that i'm in is entertainment so i'm an entertainment junkie personally and by trade and uh yeah no i mean like i am curious as to how movies are gonna be doing for later this year everything's basically moving to 2021 uh, Tenet came out. I actually really do want to see Tenet because I'm a big Chris Nolan fan, not to get into off topic, but I'm actually a big Chris Nolan fan. But that did okay. And now everyone's like, eh. all the studios are like, oh, how's it going to look? So now yeah. everyone's kind of like, Disney's putting everything, it's going to put everything on Disney Plus, basically. Um, and everyone else is moving all their all their stuff to like, you know, Q1 of 2021. So I am a little yeah. bit concerned about the movie industry and where it's going, but you know, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how that looks. Yeah, Wonder Woman got pushed off indefinitely. And Wonder Woman is now Christmas. Oh, really? Did they? Yeah, it's okay, they, yeah, it's Christmas. And then uh, what is it? The Black Widow movie? Is that going to go to Disney Plus after Mulan comes off? Uh, Black Widow, I think, is still where it's at. Soul is getting the Pixar movie, Soul, is getting moved oh, okay. to, probably going to get moved to Disney+. Plus. Okay. Yeah. But the premiere, so again, pay, you're paying extra for these Oh, yeah, movies. no, I'm sure it's yeah. going to be like, yeah, yeah, if you want premiere, quote-unquote premiere access, it's yeah. like 30 bucks or something. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We're, you know, we'll see how the uh, entertainment industry does in the next like, six to eight months. Um, yeah. But keeping, I'm just keeping an eye on things. So. Yeah, sure. I mean, and that's your industry, so it affects your your work. It does, and it also affects my consumption of media because I'm like, you know, <laughs> when are these movies gonna come out? When's the next Star Trek series series last season gonna come out after Discovery? Who the fuck knows? Right. Yeah. You know. We we have no idea. I I think we're gonna find that aside from movies that were never released in 2020. I don't, you know, there isn't very much being produced. I mean, there are some some things that are back, but, you know, I, I don't, we're going to have a dry spell, I think, a, a long dry spell in 2021. They uh, just need to do more Star Trek animated series. Like, Section 31 can be animated. There we go. Yeah, yeah. that's the solution. Because Mike Mann was saying, I think he was saying Post was, like, they were halfway through Post on season one, and then the pandemic hit. And they finished all the posts remotely, which is totally doable because, you know, there are so many ways to like share yeah. projects now. 
Right. Like you can on, have on a an closet, you can project. have a closet and a good microphone and you can probably record pretty good quality audio. Yeah. So. I, definitely. I mean, I think uh the uh oh man, I totally lost what I was gonna say. I don't know. Well, I don't know what you're gonna say. Where you're was it oh, still I think Star Trek related? The, yeah, it was actually. Uh animated obviously is easier to collaborate on. I mean, yeah, this is part of the reason why Discovery was Discovery was supposed to be probably back in April or March even, uh, probably April, April or early May originally. So delayed by four to four, four to five months, uh, because of this. So, you know, the post-production on my, my point being post-production on a live action show is much different than post-production on an animated, animated series. Well, I mean, maybe, and speaking of animated, maybe we'll see um, after Discovery, not too long after Discovery, maybe Star Trek Prodigy will will pop up. Am I excited for that one? I need, I need like, a trailer. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, know, the premise, I'm kind of like, it's fine. So I need, I need a trailer to, like, amp me up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's definitively a kid's... Yeah, it's show. Nickelodeon. It's not, I'm not looking at my breath for yeah. how, how much I'm going to be tuning in on a weekly basis i am gonna watch it but yeah like sure. oh my god not, i can't wait it's not quite the same for sure yeah. but yeah uh so there we go I, I mean we talked to deanna about a lot of things today uh, i mean we talked a lot about a lot of things in general we did this so, is uh this is gonna be a long episode and we appreciate it's all gonna of be you. a lot for you to edit uh, 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 <laughs> thank you Thank Anytime. you so much. Uh, we didn't have too many edits in here, but you know, it's more about uh, adding in the sound effects. And we're gonna we're gonna go with our explicit rating and just uh, leave in, <laughs> leave in all of the uh, the um, the f bombs, colorful colorful yeah. uh, language that yeah. you bring to this podcast yeah, yeah. here and there. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, so hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode of Deep Space Pride. If you want to reach us to ask a question, complain, you know, provide feedback, we're here to listen, more or less. You can reach us through email at deepspacepride at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, so, and uh, we hope that you'll subscribe. Uh, and yes, please subscribe. And we're now we're now on uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, and you can now listen to us on uh, Amazon Music as well. Yeah, I we're think. actually I think we're pretty much on every platform. So yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, iHeartRadio is one that we're not quite there yet. Um, but uh, all right, you know, whatever. But you can whatever platform. If you're not an Apple Podcast person. Um, which if you are, we'd love Or if you're an iHeartRadio person, there are alternatives for you. There are, true, true. But as I was going to say, if you are an Apple podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review our show. That would help us reach more of our intended audience. Um, but also you, sure. can go to, you can go to deepspacepride.com and find oh yeah that's right we have a we have a landing page we have a landing page where you can reach subscribe to any number of different podcast platforms that you may listen to us on so i think people can even leave us voicemails right or something uh yeah 
Uh, <laughs> I can, mean, I don't. I would have no idea how you, to access that. Well, so you can leave us a voicemail. I think it's actually on the Truck Geeks page yes. that we have. But I, you can leave one, but Mike and I won't know how to access it. So. We'll, we'll probably get it from Dan, Bill or Dan um, if if someone would like to leave us their audio. We'll, we'll uh, hear it in three months. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we we hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. Farewell. Bye for now. Bye. Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.